yo, I, <laughs> I think it's so funny. Um, I remember like seeing all these articles talking about how anti-vaxxers are like ruining the world and moms aren't vaccinating their children and moms say vaccinations are the devil and everything. And everyone was just doodling on them, right? We're just like, yo, these moms are so dumb, right? Right? We're like, you're going to bring back polio and the measles? Like, all these stuff has been cured because you're not going to vaccinate your kids because what? Facebook said that? And we were looking down at them so much, right? We were making fun of them behind their backs. Basically, that friend with the broccoli in her teeth telling them how their breath stank and whatever. And now we're all anti-vaxxers. <laughs> I swear every day, you know, I see another article of someone saying how they will never take this vaccine and how the vaccine is trying to control us all and everything and how no one's trying to take this COVID vaccine. Um, it's really interesting. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, I just want to wait. I just want to wait a year, six months. What, what's wrong with that? I don't want to take it first. Matter of fact, I would go so far to say a lot of people would rather just get COVID than actually take the COVID vaccination which is another thought just to think about, right? Like, it's, it's really interesting. Um, confirmation bias is one hell of a drug. It really is. We as people see something we don't agree with, and we'll go to the end of the earth and look at any information to support what we feel. And then that's how we strengthen our opinion. He moms were always a bit shaky, you know, giving their kids needles. Think about it. You just came in, brought this beautiful, luscious baby full of love, this awesome little thing, this replication of you, this thing that you just look so delicate, you don't want to hurt. And the act of seeing a doctor put a needle in your baby is some of the most nauseating type of feeling I could even imagine. Like, you're trying to keep your baby all away from sharp objects. This thing's trying to off itself, literally, like, try to cross the street, try to roll out of its crib, try to, like, fall off the counter. It's trying to do everything itself in its power to take itself out of this life. And you're just going to let it get a needle? Like, what? Like, you don't even like needles yourself. And you just see this little poor thing crying. So when the Facebook article comes around and tells you that, needles are evil and that literally the nazis created needles to basically extend their hiv program you're gonna be like yeah i knew something was messed up with needles i knew something was messed up in vaccinations and cancer didn't actually exist before needles (laughs) right autism basically was a product of vaccines right That's confirmation bias at work. It really is. And for me, it's no different. It's not. That's why me living in Toronto for the past, what is it, couple years, Toronto's been the best city. Hands down. It's the best city in the world. It is the greatest city if you are trying to invest and make money. Now I said it. You can be there in South Korea. You can be chilling right now listening in Bangladesh. Matter of fact, you can be in New York listening right now. Just know that your city is an inferior investment compared to Toronto. Now, before you hang up and delete this podcast, let me at least back it up. 
I got three reasons why I think Toronto is one of the best investments when it comes to real estate for an investor. Number one, think about major cities in the world. Think about what is the same about all of them. It's so expensive, right? Right? For like a one bedroom shoebox in like Manhattan, it's like $5,000. Try to even get a place in Tokyo. It's basically unimaginable. Shanghai, no, of course not. South Korea, Seoul, come on now. London, UK, are you kidding me? You think you can afford something in there, buddy? Top major cities are expensive to live in. Compared to Toronto, Toronto's so cheap. I mean, you can live next to the major mall for like less than 1500 a month. <laughs> you can li- live on like the finance district for less than $2,000 a month, one bedroom. Easy prices. And this is Canadian. So if you're thinking about this in American dollars, take 30% off of whatever you're thinking. It is so cheap here. Number two, urban planning. Now, South Korea basically doed it on everyone with their trains and how well their city was built and how well technology is basically infiltrated the culture there. But Toronto's not that bad. If you think about most major cities, think about a place like New York or maybe not New York. Think about somewhere like Chicago. Uh, A lot of major cities have this very downtown focused urban planning. Now, think about major cities. If you're a mayor, one of the main things to drive investments to your city is what does the transportation look like? How do we make people not as car dependent? How do we make them navigate the city and never need to use a car? So you're talking about subways, buses and all those things. A lot of people in major cities like Chicago have a very downtown centric environment, meaning that all the buses go to downtown. But when they leave downtown, uh, it's kind of hard to get where you're going. You live in the suburbs. You better be ready to take two or three buses to get there. And oh, you think those buses in those rear suburbs run every 15 minutes? Not a chance. Sometimes 30, 45, sometimes on the hour, every hour. And one bus might cover a huge plot of placement. In Toronto, buses run on every major street. Like just straight there, straight down. None of this windy stuff going through all these different streets. Every major street, they come like 15 to 30 minutes. Even a lot of the street, like off streets, you would not believe how much buses run in Toronto. It's insane. It's like they take the money that they get on their main line and they disperse it amongst all the other places. Absolutely phenomenal. When you think about how cities are formed, a lot of places get stuck in the suburbia vibe. What I mean by that? is they do a lot of their city planning. They have a lot of single family houses just in the suburbs, which is great. However, if you don't have a car, you're stuck there. Sorry, teenagers. You're basically at the mercy of your parents if you want to go anywhere. And to actually get into somewhere, you got to at least spend 10 to 15 minutes just to drive. Major cities, a lot of them have this similar thing. 
you're around everything. Wherever you live, you're around everything. You're around the nearest club. You're around the, why did I say club first? You're around the nearest grocery store. You're around wherever you need to go. You can get there within walking distance. Toronto doesn't really necessarily have that over other cities, but they're just as good as any other city. Number three, I think this is a huge one, um, is think about the population of Canada. 35 million people in Canada. To put that in perspective, the population of California is around like 40 million. It's really crazy, right? You can fit all of Canada in California. The population of the states is 350 million, 10 times out of Canada. The population of everyone on the Asian continent, so think about India, think about China, the two most populous places in the world, over 3 billion. Over 3 billion. Now, believe it or not, China is the developing country. We think about China, we think about the major cities, but there's a lot of poor farmers there. And there's a lot of middle class workers being born every day. If you think about India, it doesn't have the infrastructure for all those people, but it will. And it is. And it's growing. And don't even get me started about countries in Africa. Okay. Countries in Africa are going to be there. Nigeria is already basically there. They're still working on the infrastructure. But we already know that Nigerians are the top. Um, what is the top earning immigrant? No, not top earning immigrant. I think when it comes to degrees that the top, they have the highest level of degree um, attainment. But when you think about how many people there are in the world versus how many are going to be immigrating through the next 10 years, people aren't staying in China. They're not staying in India. These people are going to immigrate throughout places. And guess where one of those places they're going to end up? Toronto. So when it comes to infrastructure of a city and when it comes to being able to incorporate someone who's somewhat of a high skilled worker and have them insert them into these high skilled working jobs toronto is just as big as good as any city and 50 percent of like people that actually immigrate to canada are in like ontario and most of them actually are in toronto so because the Toronto's infrastructure is so good, because there are so many job opportunities, it's very easy for people who are outside the country to come in. And that means that immigration drives the real estate market because, of course, when you immigrate to somewhere, you need to buy a house. You rent for a couple of years and then you buy. That's basically how it goes. And the last reason, a nice little bonus reason, of course, is this is something why I think Toronto is really the greatest city of all time is, and not just the greatest city of all time, <laughs> why I think Toronto is a easily the best um, place to invest your money right now if you're looking to have real estate returns is the proximity to the states. Now imagine this scenario, right? A global pandemic happens. You no longer have to go into the office, meaning you can live anywhere in the world. Now, you still want to be relatively close to the place that you work at, but then again, you can live anywhere in the world. Think about this. You got a job at JP Morgan, 
They're never planning to put you in the office again. They're paying you around 150 grand USD. And you use that to live in Toronto. Think about how insane that is. So not only are you not having to pay those crazy Manhattan prices, but the place you get in Toronto, the rent you pay is in Canadian dollars, which means that that 150 grand USD that you make, I'm sorry, that's actually 30% more. That's really 200 grand Canadian. So that money can be used and go so much farther. Your car is cheaper, your gas is cheaper, your groceries are cheaper, your rent, are you kidding me? So cheap, mortgage, so cheap. Everything that you spend money on day to day is going to be cheaper if you live in Toronto and work in the States. And I think maybe not this year because the pandemic just happened, but five years from now, we're gonna see a lot of people working from home in Canada and having jobs in the States and making that USD dollars, which is going to do what to the real estate market? Drive it the hell up. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay, pandemic. Why are people going to live in major cities? Like, I, I don't I don't understand. Why on earth, if you didn't have to work in Toronto, if you didn't have to be, live in Toronto to work in there, wouldn't you just go and get more space in like a suburb outside of Toronto? That's easy. That's so easy. Literally, it's the city. Living in a major city and being able to walk everywhere and not needing a car five days a week is a lifestyle that a lot of people like. Not everyone wants to live in secluded suburbia. In Toronto, you have, in major cities, you have all of your favorite artists going there. You have all of your favorite restaurants around, always a new restaurant to try, always a new club or bar to check out, always they got karaoke night. You have multiple options. You don't have to go to that one bar in your city. When you live in a place like Toronto, you have access to everything. And as cool as it is to live in suburbia, how everything has always gone is... When you're young and dumb, you live by the major cities. When you're starting a career, you live by your major cities. A lot of the schools are by the major cities. Um, you get up, you get a couple, you get in a couple, you move a bit farther out of the city. You have kids, you move a bit farther out of the city or you move to suburbia. And then when your kids leave, then you even retire at like up north or by a lake or something like that or somewhere warm, right? The older you get, you moved out of the city anyway. But when it comes to the young professionals, the people working their career jobs, they typically start by major cities. And I don't think when it comes to the young professionals and the immigrants coming in, the high skilled immigrants coming in and working major cities, I don't think that's going to change. And I think Toronto is going to outperform a lot of other cities. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they will never stop learning. Let me know what you think. Do you think Toronto is the best kept secret when it comes to real estate? I didn't even touch on how Toronto is one of the most multicultural cities in the world. So when you have immigrants who want to go to somewhere like Canada, that basically boosts itself multiculturalism somewhere like the states that had four years of trump where some people might see him as not the most friendly 
I don't know what your political affiliation is, but some people just see them as not the most friendly to other cultures. What do you think they're going to choose? Mm, a lot of them might choose Canada just for that reason. I didn't even get into that. I, I didn't even have to put that out there, but I just did. Anyways, as always, it's at Fly Studio on Flight Crew, and we, Flight Crew, have to take off. Yeah.